0: Was taught as a young girl, forgive and forget, forgive and forget, forgive and forget, uh, which is why I do the work that I do today. And so why do you feel like you don't have to forget? Well, I feel that
1: there are history repeats itself and that if we forget, then we don't see the signs of things that we need to stand up for. Right. And to me, that's part of forgiving is not being passive, mm. It's being an active participant in the world to help people do the right thing.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. It's being an active participant to do the right thing and learning from it, learning from our past so that we don't repeat what, what has happened. Wow. Uh, where do you define yeah. self-forgiveness in this? Like, where do you define self-forgiveness versus forgiveness for others?
1: It, there's, to me, it's not all that different. It's a, it's an ongoing verb-like process. Um, because sometimes I have to forgive myself for a comment I made 20 minutes ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it's, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. And I don't even want to pretend that I am.
0: Yeah. So you take all of this, so you so you realized. well, how did you get to this place of forgiveness? How did you end up using forgiveness as truly as your tool in this artwork? Tell us about the art project that you're working on. I want everybody to seriously listen to this because I already submitted my story and everybody needs to. You've got an opportunity. So
1: the, the next piece is called freedom from entanglement. And the visual image is, I already have the visual prepared because on, on Christmas day, I had started a knitting project for a sculpture I'm doing. And after two weeks of knitting, I had to unravel the whole thing. And it took my husband and I together, I'd say three or four days to undo the whole thing, 10 hours of unraveling. And I videotaped the whole thing. And that's what the visual will be. And on top of it, what I want and need are people's stories about, have you ever forgiven someone? Has someone ever forgiven you? And what was the impact on both of your lives? That's the first project that's up right now.
0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I am a legendary leader in healing, acclaimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Friends, welcome to another episode of the Live Boldly Podcast, Go Grab Your Journals. Today I have on Sharon Kagan and you will not want to miss taking notes. Now, before I dive into everything Sharon, I want to remind you that we are pausing, if not ending, and this is very, very sad for me to say, our Grand Canyon Retreats after January of 2023. The National Park Service is redoing the entire water pipeline throughout the canyon and services are going to be stopped for an indefinite amount of time. If you have been wanting to go on one of these, it is nature healing, adventure, meditation, coaching, community, authenticity, accountability everything into one and i just i love running these this is really breaking my heart to actually talk about not doing them in the future and i also know that when one window closes a door opens or if a door closes a window opens and it is our responsibility to be listening to the universe and taking it as a sign for something uh that is next so If this is something that you've wanted to do, please schedule a call with me, Sarah at SarahShiltonKrans.com, email me, uh, or go into my website, SarahShiltonKrans.com, and schedule a discovery call with me. I have had everything happen on these, from relationship changes to career changes. Um, You know, one of the women had a baby right afterwards, which was something that she had been manifesting into her life. I've seen everything from women, men who have had their most aha, transformational healing moments about their life, women, (laughs) a couple of women that, and I could, gosh, I could just like go on and on about this different people who have told me I have been in therapy for 20 something years. And this time in the Canyon to really dive into me in this space has shifted everything. So. You know, I always, a question that I ask myself is this, if it's there's something that I've wanted to do and I've been sitting at the edge of my comfort zone and taking that step out, that leap of faith, I ask myself, what would my 108-year-old self, I mean, I just feel like I'm going to live to 108, what would my 108-year-old self say about my choice, my decision in this? Will I regret not doing this in the future when I take my last breath on this earth? And if it's something that's been calling to your heart and your soul, listen, there is something there there is a voice within yourself within your heart itself that is saying yes please do this for me our head is a really sticky place to stay sometimes we um we sometimes you know ruminate within our head for all of the reasons to not do something when our heart is calling to our biggest dream and aspirations and magical moments within our future and so listen just simply listen with your heart and um and go there and just answer the call to that. And I promise you, like I promise you, like I promise you, you will not regret when you sit with what your heart is calling towards your greatest, most amazing future. So there's that. And then we also are running our Alaska retreat, right? So Alaska is all about water healing. Grand Canyon is all about um, land healing. With water healing, it is very different. It is fluid, it is more um, cleansing in a different kind of way. And so we kayak out of Whittier, Alaska, and we camp and um, we kayak and camp from island to island with uh, salmon upstreams beside waterfalls, beside glaciers with eagles flying overhead. It is a beautiful space of transformation. And so if you are being called towards that, please also message me, Sarah at or go into my website and schedule a discovery call as well. The Alaska retreats are co-ed and various retreats within the Grand Canyon are either women only or co-ed. Now, again, with the Grand Canyon, we have three spots left for April. We are filling July and over over Thanksgiving of 2022. And then we also have January of 2023. So you have four retreats left to choose from. Just jump in. Just schedule the call and jump in we are also running our online healing program as well it is called the trail a community for truth inspiration hope and healing every month i bring in a guest expert i do a live training and a group coaching session it is over three hours of coaching per month for less than the cost of a one-on-one session with me if that is something that you are interested in come join our community it is just an amazing group of humans We laugh, we cry, we do all sorts of deep healing, and um, it's is—it's fun. It's just freaking fun. You know, healing does not have to suck, by the way. It can be a lot of fun, and that is something that I truly believe in from my own heart and soul. So with that, let's dive into Sharon. Sharon Kagan's mother was responsible for saving the lives of hundreds of Jews as a partisan fighting the Nazis social justice and man's inhumanity to man were central themes in her childhood home her multimedia work focuses on socio socio-political issues providing multiple entry points for the viewer to imagine a more just diverse and inclusive world can you understand why i love this woman i mean like she's speaking i just i freaking love her For nearly 50 years, Kagan's work has focused on becoming free of the generational trauma of anti-Semitism and the Holocaust. As the daughter of Holocaust survivors, she has examined the concept of forgiveness, often coming to the conclusion that she could not forgive an act that was not committed against her. Wow. I mean, she could not forgive an act that was not committed against her, ultimately realizing that although the acts were not done to her personally. She has lived with their consequences her entire life. Kagan now turns to the important questions of how do we forgive something so enormous? What is it to forgive? What is it to be forgiven? Kagan's work is meant to expand the feminist tenant surrounding liberation and environmentalism into an intersectional multi-dimensional conversation about diversity and justice. She states, when there is ambiguity, there's the possibility for multiple interpretations inviting meaningful dialogue, exchange, and change. Kagan received the Word Artist Grant, the Bruce Geller Memorial Prize from the American Jewish University in 2021. Recent solo exhibitions include the Politics of Color, Show Gallery, Hollywood, California, and String Theory, Herod, Center for Arts and Science, Gene B. King Gallery, College of Southern Idaho, Twin Falls, Idaho. Sharon Kagan, Hardin Center for Cultural Arts, Gadskin, Alabama and String Theory, Yellowstone Art Museum, Billings, Montana and Sharon Kagan, Charles McNiter Art Museum, Mason City, M- Mason City, Iowa and Sharon Kagan, Northern State University, Aberdeen, South, South Dakota. So, um, sorry, Aberdeen South Dakota. Okay, so please go grab your journals and take some beautiful notes in this conversation that I had with Sharon all about forgiveness, about healing from trauma and generational patterns um, that are something that we all live with. And so it is something that it's also our responsibility, I believe, in our lifetime to really truly look at and see when when is enough enough? When is our turn to say enough is enough? I just love this conversation, and so if you could share it within your own social media platforms, um, tag me, and also let's keep this conversation flowing because it is such an important one. I'm glad you were here. I'm glad that you're here to listen to everything that Sharon and I um, talk about and enjoy this beautiful episode. Hi, Sharon. It's great to have you on our show. I'm so excited to have you here. This is how the wonderful way that the world works in the universe. Somebody reached out to me and said, you have to meet her. She's working on this forgiveness project and you would be great for it. And then you and I had a conversation over Zoom and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to share your story and the work that you're doing because I know that, and I'm feeling into this a lot lately, that our past um, has, we have such a beautiful way of using our history and using our foundation from our from our experiences in life to really creatively put out into the world whatever we choose. And you are using your past to create this project, this forgiveness, beautiful forgiveness project, which I am so blessed that I was able to submit to, um, and submit my, you know, own story into it. And I want to dive into first tell us the project, tell us who you are. And then, so we're going to start there. And then I want to go into the past, like how into your story, into how that has created what you're doing today. So can we do that? Please? Absolutely. <laughs> Please. So tell Thank us you for having tell, me yeah. on. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Tell us this forgiveness project that you're working on. What is this? You're an artist. Like you are a creative a- soul.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot of different kinds of things. And this new work is all video performance. It's using images of my hands knitting and stories of people who are looking to forgive. The first project, which was called The Undoing Forgiveness, was all about, is there something you need to forgive and are struggling with? And people submitted stories to that and it spanned the range of a specific incidents from childhood to being born into a world that is just not very loving. Mm-hmm. And the stories are spectacular. And so now I'm doing three more projects. One is um, the current one is have you forgiven someone or have you been forgiven by someone? And What's the story behind that? How did it impact you or the other person? Um, And then there's one that's going to be about never being willing to forgive and people who who find power and strength in um, not forgiving. Mm -hmm. And then the last one will be uh, stories by Israelis and Palestinians who have forgiven um, the other or what has happened in their country, in their families, in their personal lives?
0: You're taking this worldwide. I am. Like the, I, I mean, I, I just keep seeing more. Yeah, which is which to me is um, I, I I love saying this. The world is so much smaller than what we realize. Yes, it's big, and we are so connected. And uh, I remember being a little girl standing there thinking you know, I used to do this. I used to think, I wonder what's happening on the other side of the world right now. I wonder what's happening. I wonder what Mm. people are doing on the other side of the world and your imagination starts to flow. Right. And, um, the cool thing is, is that you're taking this and you are literally, you are literally weaving together the story of forgiveness into cultures and into the world as a whole, which is amazing. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. And the image of the knitting
1: is, is references the fact that with knitting, you can make a complex form, like a sweater or you know, a skirt even, um, or a sculpture. But if you cut it at any point, the whole structure comes unraveled. And so it's a metaphor for how we are as human beings, that we can't hurt another and not hurt ourselves and the whole structure of humanity. Oh, That's why I use the knitting.
0: And I always say it starts with self. Everything starts with self. Um, okay, so let's uh, dive into what got you into this. Tell us a little bit about your family unit, a little bit about how this came into play. Um, you have a beautiful uh, past um, story that I just think needs to get, it needs to get heard. So can you share some, share a little bit with us about that?
1: Absolutely. So my parents were Holocaust survivors. They were part of the resistance um, in Eastern Europe. My mother saved hundreds of people's lives, risking her own, walking alone through the forests to go into this ghetto and bring medicine and weapons into the ghetto and then smuggled people out so that they would join the resistance movement in the forests. And she was the first person to successfully do it. Others had tried and been killed. So I have this amazing mother who, you know, whose spirit is just enormous. Um, and I grew up in a family with my, our household, my father's brother also lived with us. They were three traumatized people, really. And um, Understandably, we're never able to forgive what happened, and why would they? I mean, I can answer that, but for them, I can totally understand why they wouldn't um, but I was born into this family with a different kind of point of view and so in the last year, I saw a grant application come into my emails on forgiveness. You proposed a project on forgiveness, and I got the grant and i When I got the grant, I realized, when I created the proposal, I realized this is the work I've been waiting to do my whole life. This is exactly what I was born to do. It is um, so deep inside of me. It's what my whole adult exploration on achieving personal freedom has been about. Mm. And that's how I got to this piece.
0: I love that the achieving personal freedom. Can I? Because people aren't going to be able to see this. Can I um, ask uh, your age, please? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> is that okay? Eight years old. You're how old? Sixty-eight. Okay, so you're sixty-eight years old, and you are achieving the, the re, There's a reason I want to ask you this. Is because I, I believe and I've seen this over and over and over again too, that people feel like, well, what's my passion? What's my purpose? Why am I here? It's this, it's this wanting to know, like, like literally like, why am I here? Right. And I think it's important for everybody to understand I'm 48. I, I'm just at the brink of truly understanding and I feel it in my bones and of, 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 you know, I do this great work and I love it. And I'm also finally like, okay the impacts i see it now like fully see it now it's embracing it and you're doing the same and so the reason i ask about the age is because i want people to understand that there is no i'm i'm too old or i'm too young or i'm too this or i'm too that there it's none of that just you know it's truly about it's in you mm. yeah yeah and i have to say that
1: I started this journey when I was 18 years old.
0: I started at 17. Yeah. How did you you get at 18? Tell me more about that.
1: I I was asking myself the question, who would I be if I hadn't been born to parents of Holocaust survivors? And I started going to rabbis to see what they would. And they were just like, stay away from this. This is just going to take you down a rabbit hole. You don't want to know. Just get on with your life. And I was like, I can't. And I was in my late 20s, and I went to this very major spiritual teacher, and she told me the same thing. She said, You're gonna end up in a place that I won't be able to pull you out of. Don't go there. And I was like, I have to go there. There's there's I can't just move forward without understanding. This thing that happened before I was born to my parents, not even to me, but has defined me as a human being. And how do I become free of that definition?
0: Do you think that the reason why they were telling you this is because you were going to approach it from a state of anger in place of a state of love?
1: No, I think they told me this because they were
0: afraid. Interesting, all of them afraid of what you were going to find out, afraid of how you were going to react, afraid, afraid of afraid I would never
1: and it's an answer. It's a question that can never be answered in their minds, I think right. and um I don't know i i I couldn't take no, I just couldn't not
0: well, and how this is and this is why I was asking this is because how interesting that they thought that you were going to go into this uh, without an answer, like there is no answer, right. Which then when we get to that place of not having an answer, what do we do? We go to frustration. We go to anger. We go to the toxic emotions that come up within us. And you didn't, you literally went to it from a place of, well, let me ask you. I mean, I, I feel like I, I can imagine how you just knowing you, but how did you go to, how did you, how did you approach it from a state of what?
1: Curiosity.
0: Curiosity. Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. And curiosity. And and as an artist, a lot of, in my 30s, I did a performance piece out in Joshua Tree um, called Say, They Say the War Ended in 1945, but it lives on in me. And Mm -hmm. my art has always been a way of diving in and finding the next place inside of myself.
0: Well, I think that having been my uh, art teacher myself, I have always approached art in that state of curiosity as a state of wanting to understand exactly. right? and, and understanding the, the love of how I approach my work as well. My, my space of when you're in curiosity, true, true, true curiosity and understanding and really wanting to pull back the layers. You can't do that with judgment. You, you you can't do that with that space. You have to do it from a space of love. And yeah. um, it doesn't mean that you can't, it doesn't mean that you're forgetting, condoning or pardoning anything that happened and saying it's right. That's not it at all. It's almost like a state of release.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then for years I taught and every so often there'd be somebody who was German who would come into my classes and they were, beautiful and loving and kind and art artists. And, you know, how could I, and sometimes when I was teaching at Santa Monica college, they were these young people and, you know, I could hear my parents' voice, you know, it's like, well, what were their grandfather, what did their grandfather do during the war? And I'm like, I don't know, but I've got to take this person at face value and I'm here to help them as their teacher. And they're here to help me let go of this.
0: So fascinating. Cause I'm hundred percent German.
1: Wow.
0: Yep. And I was just having this conversation recently. Um, I said, I, I'd like to go back and see where my answers ancestors came from. Yeah. Both sides. I'm, I'm, I am German through and through even with my hard-headedness, you, it comes through sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but how interesting is that? And that's actually and I mean like what a beautiful testament to you and I doing this podcast together. That exactly. right there. It's like I didn't even put that together. I when I did my when I sent in my submitted my uh, forgiveness story, I didn't even put that together. Wow.
1: Incredible.
0: Um, it's incredible. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. So, you go forth and you start doing this forgiveness work. How is your family about this?
1: Well, both of my parents have passed.
0: Right, right. And you have siblings too, right? So, I have one sibling. Your sibling, yeah.
1: She's an older sister and she's been incredibly supportive. Um, We don't agree on political things. And so, it's a subject we stay away from. Right. But when she saw this piece, she was deeply moved and thought it was really important. And she's been trying to help me, you know, get it in the hands of people who might have some power to
0: exhibit it or get it out into the world. Take it to that next level. Yes, absolutely. So you, okay, so you start doing this work. So tell us about, tell us about, Tell us about the the, the um, definition of forgiveness for you. Tell us a little bit about how you view forgiveness, okay? Yep. I always tell people, look, when we go into like values work and we start diving in, everybody's definition of love is even going to come from a different perspective. Everybody's definition of everything in this world because it's coming from your internal space of you. So how do you define forgiveness for you? How do you operate in the world with it? Um... And then I want to start diving into this project, this incredible project that you're working on. Okay. So I think of forgiveness as a verb.
1: I think of it as something that we do every day, (laughs) (laughs) that it's not a destination, it's a process. And that it takes time and minute, sometimes minute um, moments of catching yourself. So that you're forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Um, not that we don't get to a place of having forgiven, but that we want to be in that place of forgiving at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like in this space of forgiveness that you have to forget or that you have to let it, that you, like you, it's, give me that space of it. Cause you know, so many times. No, I, don't, I don't believe in for- forgetting. <laughs> I, I think that's actually a problem. Thank you. Let's dive into that. <laughs> can we? Can okay. uh, why? Sure. Why? Because I i mean, this is, this is actually the space, me, okay, coming from, I'm German, right? And I'm Catholic. Um, and this is what I was taught as a young girl, forgive and forget, forgive and forget, forgive and forget, uh, which is why I do the work that I do today. And so why do you feel like you don't have to forget? Well, I feel that
1: there are, history repeats itself. And that if we forget, then we don't see the signs of things that we need to stand up for. Right. And to me, that's part of, forgiving is not being passive. Mm. is being an active participant in the world to help people do the right thing.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. It's being an active participant to do the right thing, and learning from it, learning from our past so that we don't repeat what what has happened. Wow. Uh, where do you define yeah. self forgiveness in this? Like, where do you define self forgiveness versus forgiveness for others?
1: It, there's to me, it's not all that different. It's a it's an ongoing verb-like process. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I have to forgive myself for a comment I made twenty minutes ago.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. It, it's we're not perfect. No one's perfect, and I don't even want to pretend that I am.
0: Yeah. So you take all of this. So you. So you realized. Well, how did you get to this place of forgiveness? How did you end up using forgiveness as truly as your tool in this artwork?
1: Oh, it's a big question, really.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, I didn't set out to go on a TED Talk stage and talk about forgiveness. Did you know that? I didn't. I was, they were, they were like, oh, do you want to do a TED Talk? And I said, yeah, I don't really know. Like they said, what do you want to do it on? I'm like, I'm not sure. I got like a thousand things. What do you want to learn? What do you want to talk about? And then we kept peeling back the layer of the onion. And that's how she went. You realize that forgiveness has truly been a huge space in your life. It, it, this has been major in your life. And that's how the TED talk came about on forgiveness, because I defined it for her. And she said, Do you realize that's not how society defines it? And I went, Oh, okay. Well, that's another reason then that I guess that my healing has been so profound. So, how did you come into this space of forgiveness?
1: Many ways. I mean, it starts with my parents' story and me really most of my life trying to use my imagination, I would ask myself, well, if I wasn't Jewish, who would I be? Mm. And Well, what if I was the child of second generation Nazi parents? Wow. Who would I be then? And so my imagination all through my life has taken me into this. And then, um, as I said, I've done lots of work around being the child of Holocaust survivors, but there was something about, I had a show last year, actually 2020, and it, in the middle of the pandemic, and basically no one could come. And it was a show, an exhibition of paintings and sculptures. It was called The Politics of Color, and it was all about how color symbolizes different ideas and how we can look at race and money and all kinds of subjects through the lens of color. And hardly anyone came because it was we were really in lockdown when the show opened. And I was disappointed and hurt that this is what had happened after two years of making these paintings. Wow. And I thought, you know what? If no one's going to come, I'm going to make whatever I want to make. And literally two months later, I was in the process. And it just, the grant application came. I made the proposal and I realized I was going to make the piece no matter what. I got the grant. The stories just fell into my hands, and they created their own arc. It was amazing. Hmm. And so, I think forgiveness has always been a question because my parents couldn't. And and then there, I've been in a marriage. We've been married uh, this June. It'll be twenty-four years. Oh, congratulations! And the early part of the thank you. Thank you. The early part of the marriage was not a happy one. Um, I think at a certain point, about halfway through our marriage to this point, um, we both said to each other, look, if this doesn't change in the next six months, let's call it a day. Mm. We were just not being kind to one another. And it shifted. Everything in the marriage shifted my husband took a course on um forget exactly what it was called but it was basically accepting people as they are and that turned our whole relationship around wow and then it took me a while to forgive so there was you know there was a lot of anger that was directed at me and i was not good with anger because there was a lot of anger in my home growing up and and so it was really a challenge, but we hung in there and we, we always had goodwill for one another. And that kept me in the process of forgiving. Wow. And so now we're in a really beautiful, sweet, tender, loving relationship that I'm so proud of.
0: And the, act, the, the process of forgiveness, the tool of forgiveness is what got you there. Yeah. And oh. we could easily
1: walk away from each other, easily.
0: The world needs more of this. I tell you. Okay. So I, it truly just, it blows me away that, that we hold on to so much toxicity and it, and it kills us. Like it's truly takes years off our life. Years, 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 years. It creates addiction. It creates patterns of behavior for not only yourself that are unhealthy, but for your present family members, community. And it goes into our next generation. You know, our children. Well, our children's I children. I was
1: pretty. I was pretty conscious in my twenty, late twenties, early thirties, that I didn't really think I should have children, and it was mostly because I was not free of this history, and I felt like it was going to be in my DNA, and I didn't want to pass it on.
0: The anger was going to be in your DNA? What was going to be in your DNA? The anger,
1: the having to look at life from a particular point of view, which has to do with being an outsider, being the world being dangerous. Um, people hate you because of who you are. Wow. Uh, it goes on and on and on. And and so I I just really didn't. And I see it in the children of second generation. Um, adults, you know, that their kids often are still wrestling with the subject matter, whether they know it or not.
0: Okay. So uh, let's dive there. Yes. Wow. Um, Well, it is, it is imprinted on our DNA. Our experiences are imprinted on our DNA. I was having this conversation with someone, your grandmother was pregnant with your mom at the same time that she actually was developing the eggs of you, which is who you are today. And when you start really like, okay, so my EQ can get a little bit, you know, when, and I, I also, I'm a very, like, I love imagination and creativity and thinking and like feeling into stuff like that. Right. And it, it, it's true though. Like it's, I mean, let's talk about profound moments in that. Right. And then you, and truly the experiences that all of our past generations have gone through are literally embedded in our DNA. And so when you start thinking about that, it's, it's pretty, oh man, start having some conversations with your parents about, and I'm like those listening about what they went through and what their parents or grandparents went through my mom was telling me about somebody in my family that had to dig their own grave and then they were shot and killed and pushed into it in the war and it was I mean she was telling me this stuff and I'm like I didn't know that well I used to have not so much anymore I've done a lot of work on it but I would have rageful fits where I would just be like why do I just get angry out of the blue well, the anger stems from also the fighting that has occurred in whatever instances that your past family generations have gone through, which is literally embedded in your DNA.
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's really wild. And so now you are sitting here doing this forgiveness work, and I'm sitting here doing this forgiveness work from two very different family of origins, and yet we are like, hundred percent on with the way that this forgiveness work works. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Um,
1: it is so cool. It's just
0: so cool. Such. It's just really so cool when that's like, when I go, wow, the world is really remarkable. It's just remarkable. So you start diving into this. You're doing this incredible forgiveness work. Tell us about the art project that you're working on. I want everybody to seriously listen to this because I already submitted my story and everybody needs to. You've got an opportunity. So the
1: the next piece is called Freedom from Entanglement. And the visual image is, I already have the visual prepared because on on Christmas Day, I had started a knitting project for a sculpture I'm doing. And after two weeks of knitting, I had to unravel the whole thing. And it took my husband and I together, I'd say, three or four days to undo the whole thing. Ten hours of unraveling. And I videotaped the whole thing. And that's what the visual will be. And on top of it, what I want and need Or people's stories about, have you ever forgiven someone? Has someone ever forgiven you? And what was the impact on both of your lives? That's the first project that's up right now. Wow.
0: Wow. And so... What When you were listening to these forgiveness stories, did you have any that completely uh, made you just stop in your tracks? Did you have any where you were like, wow, okay, I'm really making an impact here through this work?
1: Well, every story I felt that way. Yeah. I mean, in the last project, I got a woman's story um, about her sister and... It just took my breath away. Every single, I mean, I, every, I could tell you the stories and you would be going, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and if people want to see the first video, if they're thinking about participating, or even if they just want to see it, they can go to the, my website, sharonkagan.com, mm-hmm. and it's on the homepage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can see, watched it. It's, it's incredible. It's 20, it's 31 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, There was one story of um, a woman who was an immigrant, like came here from another country with her parents and her, her beautiful writing about forgiving America for promising, you know, the dream of the American, you know, hope and not delivering and talking about remembering, you know, before they came here, seeing her parents smile and laugh and that once they were here, all they did was work and work and work to try and make a better life for their girls.
0: Uh, I had the same thing in my book in the very last step when the um, the woman was talking about her parents and how her sister was killed so her, her, her uh, fiance slash boyfriend <clears throat> was, had died in a car accident. She was walking, it was Michelle was her name. She was walking. So, she, so her sister, um, helped her recover from that, um, was helping her heal through it. She was walking with her sister and her sister was hit and killed by, um, a driver. And, um, she had, she stood over her sister and tried to bring her back to life. And um, her sister passed away. It's devastating. They took her to they, the girl. It was a hit and run. They found her car. They believe that, I mean, everybody has their thoughts on was there substances involved? And why did she run? And she ended up, they took her to court. She did not end up in jail. They took her to court. She ended up, um, they tried to uh, arrest her, put her and um, charge her. And the charges were dropped. And so when I was going through this, yeah, when I was going through this forgiveness journey with her and I wanted to use a story where she was working on self-forgiveness, forgiveness for others, and then forgiveness for the world, it was the perfect, because we all have it, like it all starts with self, right? We have to forgive ourselves first. And um and then we go through that process of forgiving other people. And then we, there is forgiveness for the world. And I think that so many times we forget that, you know. For, we, forgiving, uh, forgiving, you know, cultures, forgiving for what happened to your parents, forgiving. Like there's so many, there's, there's so many different places, forgiving society, forgiving uh, the police, forgiving whomever it is. And we can't forget that because otherwise what happens, we create judgments as a broad and we just start to lump people in. Yeah. And when we start lumping people in, and start making judgments across a whole, we do some serious damage to society. I prefer to not judge. I am not a very judging kind of person. Um, you know, there's judgments to keep us safe, and then there's judgments that create harm a lot of harm because we pass judgment before we understand and truly get to know the human soul.
1: I like the word discernment for that kind of judgment where you're. Hmm parsing things out versus judgment, which is harsh and critical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And I love the fact that you brought that in because that's the only other time that I've heard somebody actually talk about it, quite frankly. Um, And it's something that needs to get talked about more often, especially now. Oh my goodness. The last few years, can we say like, goodness sakes, (laughs) <laughs> well, in
1: the last, it, by the way, in that first piece and central in a lot of my new upcoming work is the meta practice, you know, the loving compassion Buddhist practice. And um, it's in the first video. And there's something about that coming into my life as we were running up to an election and I was seeing all these people, you know even within my own family arguing about which side was the right side and um meta saved my m- myself saved me it meta brought me peace when meta you, is for those that don't know
0: what that is for yeah for those that don't know what that is can you like explain Ugh. that a little bit it's a practice yeah you begin Amazing.
1: with the most easy like a person that you know but you don't have a personal Like they're not your partner, they're not your child, but there's somebody who you have a close connection with that you just love absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you send them loving kindness. And the words are usually variations of may you be happy, may you know peace, may you be free of all pain and suffering. Um, And so, and then you progressively make it more difficult. So you send them those easy people, And then you maybe pick somebody who's a little more difficult and then you direct it towards yourself. And then you direct it towards the world. It just keeps growing and growing in terms of where you direct your sense of love and compassion.
0: And that's the beauty of being the ripple of love, which is why in starting this conversation, I was asking about how you approach it. Right. And it's like, you're approaching this whole thing. Everything is love. Incredible. So the project that you're working on now, uh, let's dive into that really quick because I do know I want to be respectful of time with the both of us, um, mainly you, because I could keep this conversation going on forever. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> so the project that you're working on now, and what you need ask give give your ask to the world in terms of what I'm, are you asking? For? What do you? What I you am that you need?
1: praying that. Some of you out there have stories in which you've been forgiven or have forgiven someone and are willing to share the story. It can be completely anonymous. I don't need to use your name if you don't want it in there. In fact, the first piece was totally anonymous. I will only be using an audio recording of your story, which you can do on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. That's how all the other ones were submitted. You make a recording. You email it to me at forgiveness submit at gmail.com and I will use your
0: story. And how long do the stories, how long would you like them to be?
1: No more than three minutes. And I suggest that you sit down, maybe make a few notes, even if you, if it helps you to write out the story, kind of get a feel of what you want to say and make a few recordings and pick the one you like best and send it to me.
0: So, and here's the thing that I think is most important as well is keep, keep it easy, keep, keep it simple, like keep it simple, right? Just like any kind of a moment. And I think that we also view forgiveness as something that has to be really huge. Like, oh, you know, um, like it has to be like some huge, massive, I don't know, forgiveness moment. And it doesn't like we have forgiveness every day. Right, like yesterday, my son and I got into this major text fight. Oof. Yesterday morning, it was back and forth. And like we were like, admittedly, and I was like, I don't like this. Stop fighting me. And he was like, Well, you're fighting me. And I'm like, why am I fighting with my 15-year-old son? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> and, like, why are we doing this over no food in the fridge? I don't understand. <laughs> like, come on. And, you know, at the end of the day, we came together and, and I said, we could like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's all good mom. And, you know, we, we did the, I'm sorry, I forgive you. And, um, hugged it out and, uh, called it a day, you know? And so that is yeah. a forgiveness story right there. Right. And I had to do self-forgiveness on my own self because, you know, I felt kind of bad as his mom that I got into a little text that thread argument with them, but we're all human. Like, come on, (laughs) we're all human. Um, And so keep it simple too. Don't don't make too much of it.
1: Yeah. I think what I'm really hoping for this piece to do is teach people the power of forgiveness Mm -hmm. so that there's something about even that exchange with your son, when you ask for forgiveness or apologize. um, You feel the weight just drop off your shoulders.
0: 100%.
1: And I want to hear people talk about that because we've gotten so much with our heels dug in on our side. Yeah. And, you know, it's like your side, my side, when did we come together? How do we come together if we do that? And so if people can learn that forgiveness Will release them, the forgiver, mm-hmm. and the forgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the so things- it's not just the story of what happened; it's how you were affected in the process.
0: Yes, hundred percent. We ended up having a really nice hug out, and then we watched the game last night together, and it was beautiful. Had a great dinner; it was beautiful. Um, and I want to just touch on something that you said earlier that I found to be very interesting, and I find this a lot. People tend to, why do they not forgive? Um, because they hold a lot of power in the in the anger, in the you did me wrong, in the um, space. And through this process, have you witnessed, I just want to ask you about that, have you witnessed people being able to release a lot of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in this first video um, performance piece, you really hear people struggling with it. Like you can hear that they want to, you can hear their pain, but you could also hear that it's, they want to be free. Yeah. They want to feel free. And I've gotten some correspondence about the impact, um, particularly the pieces. There were two stories in the first piece um, about forgiving their mothers. Mm. And those people really, I feel, had a significant shift as well as others. I mean, but those two really stood out for me. Mm. Definitely. There's a feeling of not having to repeat the same cycles. Yeah. Not drawing the same people to themselves.
0: Breaking some patterns.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Which is what we want to do. Yeah. Well, I love you. And I love the fact that you're doing this work and it's beautiful and you're incredible. Beautiful. And I, we are so lucky and blessed to have you here at this time doing this now because we need it very much so. Where can people Thank find more much. information about Likewise, this? We're we soul know. sisters. We are soul sisters. I just... When you mentioned about the German thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, how cool is this? It's just so great. It's so, so great. Yeah. We've got a lot of people above us. Very yeah. are happy that we are together right now. I just need to tell you that. I feel it. So I feel it. The presence yeah. of many people me above. Too. So where can people find out, find more information about you and how they can submit these stories? And um, yeah, let's start there.
1: So pretty much everything is on my website, Mm -hmm. SharonKagan.com. You can see the work. You can read about the work. If you go to the contact page on the lower right-hand corner, you'll see um, all the different calls for the upcoming project. So you can click on the links there and read the full proposal. um, Or you can just email me if you're interested and I'll send it to you.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say that my personal email address is sharon at gmail.com. Perfect. Um, it's a little tricky because I get so much junk email in that email address box that I'm, I'm worried that people will get lost in the translation. So forgiveness submit at gmail is probably the safer one.
0: That's a safer one. Uh, and and for those of you that would like to, please, please, please share, uh, take a picture of yourself doing it, share it, whatever, tag me on social media. And I would love to reshare all of this because this project really needs to get out there. And so um, I'm on Instagram. You're on, are you on Instagram or anything? Yeah. Or, okay. Could you share that? With oh, us? I'm on
1: Instagram for sure.
0: What is your handle? Yeah, Just Sharon Kagan. Sharon Kagan. Okay. Am I friends with you? I must be. I don't I don't even know. I've, I have I got it. I got it. I don't know. We'll we both have to look and see. All of a sudden, I'm like, am I friends with you on Instagram? I got to be friends with you. Um. And, and literally, like, please tag us and we will reshare it because this project, I believe so deeply in this project. This is so beautiful. So well, and
1: Instagram uh, is another way to learn about the details of the project because it's. It's all in there. Of, awesome.
0: Perfect. That's perfect. 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 Well, thank you for being on. Let's keep this moving and um, I support you in all the ways.
1: Thank you so much. And I just feel so grateful and happy to know you. Thank you. Big thank love. You.
0: Thank you. Thank you. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page. Leave a message in my comments and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.